Hey everybody, today on this episode of Unbeatable, I get a chance to interview a leader that I have looked up to for a long time. Literally, when I very first showed up to the Army and first became a Ranger, there was a name that people talked about with the highest regard. That guy's name is J.B. Spizo. And today, I get a chance to sit down and talk with J.B. and just catch up with him. And there's a moment JB describes in this discussion today where he is strong and tough and has the whole world at his fingertips when it all comes crashing in around him. And he's laying on the floor of his house, spread eagle like a starfish, incapacitated by the pain that he's experiencing. I want you to hear JB's advice on what he does next when he is just wrecked internally because of a divorce. Listen to this buddy of mine, J.B. Spizo, on this episode of Unbeatable. These stories of triumph over adversity will help you handle your toughest days in life and become unbeatable. All right. Hey, J.B., it is great to have you in this studio with me. Thanks for being a guest on Unbeatable, buddy. Jeff, uh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I think probably I saw you last, maybe... I don't know, 1994, 95, maybe. So you still look great. Thank you. And so do you, man. You look like you haven't aged a bit in about 27 years. Yeah, right. Um, (laughs) You and I got caught up on the phone just a couple of weeks ago. It's been a long time since we connected, man. And Mm -hmm. it's great to finally get to connect with you online. That's great. Uh, you know, I followed you, uh, obviously your career in the Rangers and becoming a chaplain and officer and all that. I thought that was amazing. And then of course, what you're doing now, um, you know, I watch your videos there on LinkedIn and I think it's important work what you're doing. So oh, anything man. I can do to help you, um, I'm here for you. Thank you. You're the best. Um, so I want to tell everybody a little bit about how we first got connected because you and I were, we go way, way back together, mm-hmm. back to the early days when you and I were both pretty young serving in the army. Um, JB, why did you decide to go serve in the military in the first place and why the army's Ranger Regiment? Wow. What a great question. Um, you know, Jeff, People, uh, if you talk to young people today, uh, you know, you tell them there was life before the internet and they have like no idea what you're saying. <laughs> right. I think it was like prehistoric, like dinosaurs right. were roaming around. And, uh, you know, I was born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I had a very great family, you know, uh, Christian faith, you know, my mom and dad worked extra jobs, put my two older sisters through college. And they, of course, have, have excelled through life and doing wonderful things. And, and I just felt that, um, you know, I just felt I wanted to pay for my own college. I don't know why right. I thought that. And so, uh, you know, went to see the army recruiter and, you know, he was like, yeah, four years, up, four years in the army, I'll pay for your college. I'm like, great. Nice. Awesome. He's like, and he's like, what job do you want to do? And I'm like, like, we can pick a job. <laughs> like I didn't have any idea what he was. Mean. All right. And he went, and he went through my transcripts, went through my fitness records and saw I was an athlete. So I was a pretty smart kid. And, uh, you know, I tell the story a lot, but it's really funny. He, he was like, do some push-ups," And I like did some push-ups. and he had a pull-up bar across his doorway in his office. He's like, do some pull-ups. I do some pull-ups. And he's like, why don't you become an army ranger? No idea what he was talking about. Wow. I was like, I was like, what do they do? And he was like, jump out of airplanes. Push-ups and pull-ups. That's basically yeah, what they do. Exactly. 
He's like, jump out of airplanes, blow stuff up. I'm like, sign me up. That's right. <laughs> sign me up too. Yep. And, and Jeff, uh, you know, you live in Columbus, Georgia. I've never been out of my town, you know, my little town in Pittsburgh. And, you know, August 9th, 1984, I land at Fort Benning, Georgia. I could have been on Mars. I had no idea. And you, and you started with, you know, one station unit training at Harmony uh -huh. Church, back to old World War II barracks. I remember then you well. Went, I remember well. Then you went to jump school and then I went to RIP. Well, you know, it's called RASP now, but back then Ranger Doctrination Period uh, program. And there was only two, there was third Ranger Battalion was just uh -huh. coming on board. Right. So you went to RIP at your battalion, you know, so you went to yeah. Fort Lewis, Washington and, you know, we show up like 130 guys outside of this compound and this, you know, Ranger, second Ranger battalion, you know, rip instructor walks out and he looks out and he said, I don't care if any of you make it. And then, and I was like, man, I believed him. Right. And, you know, somehow, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, by the grace of God, like yeah. it, it, it got smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh -huh. And then I made it. And then I got assigned to Bravo Company Second Ranger Battalion. And as uh, fortune would have it, you know, my first squad leader was Hugh Roberts, which who a ended up legend being the, in the yeah, legend, legend in our community. Be the he was he you know ended up being coming the Ranger Regimental Sergeant Major. Uh -huh. And just last weekend, you know, now he's a photographer. Just last weekend was for was photographing at a party that I was at. What? In Vegas. Photographing. That's awesome. And then, you know, so then I had a couple cocktails and I started telling the stories about him. They were like, <laughs> this guy's, a, you know, all these like, yeah. you know, a hundred people who's who of Las Vegas were at this and there's Hugh Roberts, you know, um, uh, is the, is the photographer for that. Yeah. So, you know, that's basically how it, it came about. And then by fortune, um, you know, in the regiment, you know, it became, it builds you a little bit. And, um, you know, I went all the way, uh, E1, E6 there, went to regimental headquarters and then worked at RIP, uh, for regiment and then went to become a drill instructor. Then went to first range of battalion, became a tune sergeant there, and then ended up at West Point OCS, the whole thing, and was fortunate to you know, retire a sergeant major. So, yeah. but, um, I, I, if you would have asked me, I would have said, yep, I'm going in for four years. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to teach high school history. I'm going to coach hockey. And All baseball. right. That was, that was my plan. And, you know, the military, you know, I fortunate to get my college there and it just yeah. worked out for me. So, yeah. Well, let's talk about Hugh Roberts for just a second, because Here that guy really is a legend. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. early in my career, I had a chance to work for him or work uh, with him. And he had a really mm -hmm. big, I mean, almost my entire career, he had a big impact mm -hmm. on me just because of the incredible guy he was. Sure. So I'm sitting there imagining in my mind, Hugh taking pictures for you uh, mm -hmm. or with you at this Vegas event. Mm -hmm. And you and I know Hugh is the most important guy in the room, but for everybody else, he's just a... A, a photographer, you know, doing a, a side hustle or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I, I did a little leadership class here for about 20 people in, um, in Vegas a few months ago for a business. And, um, I said, Hey, can you just come shoot this? I don't think there's really a budget for it. He's like, oh, I'll come shoot it for, you know, and again, he, and he just shoots it, you know, for his portfolio and that sort of thing. But it was, um, 
you know, it's funny. We talk about um, like leadership and, you know, he had a very, you know, interesting point because, you know, he really wasn't much of a yeller and a screamer. Right. Um, and uh, I don't think I was a screamer. I was probably like, I was loud though, because, but I was like a motivational loud. I don't, yeah. I don't think I was ever, a, I don't think I was big ever a personality, ne- right? Big personality. I was a motivational loud, but I wasn't right. ever like a neg- negative loud. And I learned that from him because, you know, he said an interesting thing. He said, you know, uh, cause we talk about like, hey, man, like, why is that guy that way? Or why is this gal this way? Like, right. Why are they doing that? And he's like, well, you come in the army basic training, you get yelled at. Then you go to airborne school and you get yelled at. Then you go to rip and you get yelled at. So that's all they know. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, that's actually makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, but he um, really is. Yeah, it was the, good fortune. He really is the epitome of the quiet professional, the guy in the room who didn't have to raise his voice when everybody respected him. And when he talked, even in, in a normal tone of voice, everybody paid attention. Everybody paid attention. You know, he could run you into the ground. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just felt that. So, yeah. So it's, uh, you know, he actually, uh, for the, I'll send you a copy of my book for the photo on the back of my book and on the inside, he took the picture. So he's the one that made you look good. Yep. Yeah. He's the one that made me look good. Right. So. Well, for people that are listening to this show that are not familiar with the military or the rank structure, JB mm-hmm. shows up as an enlisted guy, as a private, and he makes it private. to the absolute pinnacle in the military. And um, I wonder, JB, it sounds like when you were standing in that recruiter's office, actually doing pull-ups in that recruiter's office, you weren't convinced this is what you wanted to do with the rest of your life. I know what it feels like. I joined the Army, went straight to the Ranger Regiment, thought I'm going to do it for a couple of years. I'm going to get out and then move on to other things. And like you, I never wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. So what changed along the way? Why did you decide, man, I'm going to keep doing this? I really, really like doing this. Yeah. Well, great question, Jeff. It was probably about two years. I was already Ranger qualified. I was a sergeant. And I'm like, okay, maybe I can do this. Because, you know, every single day in the Ranger Regiment is is like a professional sports team. You better show up. Because there is somebody right there. Oh, you're, you know, you're a little bit banged up. You know, know, I can... There was dozens of times, I'm sure you did, where, you know, you called the medic privately, like after <laughs> hours right. to come tape Snuck your ankle. Snuck in to go see him behind Snuck the Snuck in because you never, exactly, because you never wanted to, um, oh my gosh, um, and I'll circle back, but uh, so when I went, um, going back to the regiment, I was an E7, Sergeant First Class, uh-huh. uh, I was going back to the regiment from being a DI. So I went through rope and on the road march, you know, the RSM was like, you "You better, you, you better win the road march. So I'm like racing this like (laughs) Lieutenant. Yeah. It's like this kid was like strong and got, Oh my God. Out of West point, out of West point, like three years in smart kid, super fast. I'm racing this guy the entire time on this 12 mile road march. But, and I made it. And when I was done, I wasn't feeling good. So I called the medic. He like, came to my house and gave me an IV. I'm right. like, dude, yeah. I am not feeling good. That's right. But you know, that whole, whole part like that. So it was a couple years, uh, you know, circling back here. It was a couple years. And then I felt like, you know, that maybe this is something I could do. I found out I was good at it. You know, it was a brotherhood. Um, you felt a part of something. Um, I, I, th- I think the most, what I loved about the Rangers was 
like no one really cares who gets the credit. Like it didn't matter right. who yeah. it, it didn't yeah. matter. Like no one really cared about any of that. Um, and I think I like carried that on, you know, th- you know, through, through, through my career, you know, I just tried to, you know, uh, you, you know, thank yourself, thank yourself last and, and, and just be a good soul and be a part, be a part of something bigger than yourself. And that's yeah. exactly what the, that's exactly what the regiment is. Yeah. And JB, I haven't had a chance to say this to you lately. So I'm going to pause right now at this point in the show and just tell you, man, thank you for what you did for our country. But whether you know it or not, you had an impact on me from a distance. So while you were in Washington, I was here in Georgia and I heard your name mentioned. And there were a few guys that I I, I really, really looked up to. And you were one of those guys that I looked up to. So, man, first, thanks for serving the country. But second, thanks for being a great example of the kind of leader that I wanted to be. Thanks, Jeff. You know, it was, uh, you know, I enjoyed it when I, you know, went went to regiment there and I worked at Rip and Pre-Ranger and I just tried to like give back to those, <laughs> those yeah. young men that were coming through and you <laughs> saw a, a different group. And then... You know, I went to be a DI, and I, um, I never thought of that. And um, you know, Leon Guerrero was the sergeant major. Oh yeah, another another legend. You know, yep. LG, and he's like, "Why don't you go be a drill instructor?" And I'm like, "Why would I go do that?" Yeah. And it was funny. He said, "It will teach you all the things that the Rangers don't teach you." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> Like, like we're like special operations. What the hell is that going to do? And I got to tell you my two years there, I like, I, I came back to regiment a better E7. I came back better because he was exactly right. Like I, uh, first thing is I met other NCOs. Like I'd never been out of the regiment. That's all the thing I knew from, from a private and, you know, making rank and all this stuff and going to all these schools, went to combat already and hoopla, all that stuff. And I met people that were just in what they used to call the regular army. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, this guy's got to put together. I better, like, I got to up my, I got to up my game. Right. Like these guys. And I learned, I learned some humility. Number one, that was the first thing I learned. I learned some humility there and I learned I became a small unit tactical expert. <laughs> I bet like, you did. You know, like I, you know, I thought I was a pretty good marksman. We were in the Rangers. We're the best marksmen. And my drill sergeant partner came from Army Marksmanship Unit. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, the guys that so, win the gold at the Olympic gold medal at the Olympic Games. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. This guy actually won a gold at the Pan Am Games. Pan Am <laughs> Games. He won gold. Yeah. And and it was funny. Uh, he. <laughs> Uh, he shot a score of the score was out of a thousand and he shot a score of nine ninety six out of a thousand and didn't make the Olympic team and didn't make the Olympic what? team. Holy yeah. cow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's how good those guys are. They're amazing. Amazing. So, so when, so when I learned after I like shut my mouth a bit and I learned to listen to, you know, Joe Dixon yeah. Uh, I was like, I became a better marksman. I just became a, I just became a better human being, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think it made me a better, I'm convinced it made me a, um, you know, a better, a better, better platoon sergeant, better first sergeant, better sergeant major. Than yeah. Me. You, uh, so what I was trying to say to the audience is you're the kind of leader that leaders look up to because of, you know, 
not just your experiences, but just because of the way that you led. Um, and you're, you're the kind Thank of leader you. that I looked up to. Um, Thank you. Let's talk a little Thank bit you. about family, um, because mm-hmm. for those people that are listening, driving along right now, and they're not really familiar with this brutal operational pace of living in the special operations world like you did for a long time, man, it's mm-hmm. really, really hard on families. So um, as you're making rank and um, getting more responsibility in the Army, can you describe a little bit about what's happening with your uh, your parents and also, you know, with relationships. Yeah, it's, um, you know, when, unless you've certain, unless you've, you've done it, uh, people don't realize the sacrifices that, that the spouse and the families oh, yeah. make. They're serving, they're serving to hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. And, you know, I'm glad that l- at least like now the medical care on bases and everything, because, y- you know, back in our day, it wasn't great, Jeff, but now it's, <laughs> right. it's, it's, it, now it's gotten better. You know, yeah. now, you know, I, I, I take my family to, to, to Nellis here and it's, and they're like, wow, this is amazing care. Wasn't always that way. Yeah. You know that. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of times, <laughs> uh, it, 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 it's funny because I worked in pro sports. Um, one of the assistant GMs said about the at players, he's like, well, they're just a commodity. And I like laughed a little bit wow. like, and I'm thinking, and I'm like, well, he's sort of right. And yeah. it's just, and that's kind of what we were in the military too. Like we understand that, uh-huh. but your family goes along with this experience and it's very, very difficult. And when you're running and gunning, you're in special operations. I was for a decade. You were of course longer than that. Um, you're running and gunning. That's the, that's the job, yeah. right? You're that's, and that's it. And so everything takes, everything takes a, uh, you know, a backseat and, you know, the sacrifices that, you know, my, my, uh, former spouse had to make, uh-huh. my family had to make was, was very, very difficult. And, uh, you know, we've talked about it, you know, I, I, I you know, here you are this, you know, you're the shining example of a soldier, huh. yeah. you know, you got medals and you're tough and you can run and you got a chiseled jaw and wearing a beret and you know, you can't, you can't keep that family together, you know, and it's break and it's breaking you inside. And, you know, that's, that's what happened to me. And, um, you know, I, unfortunately, um, you know, uh, you know, you go through divorce and then, um, you're like, wow, is there something on the other side right. of this? Yeah. Like, how, how can, how can, uh, you know, how can you, how can you do this? How can you get, how can you get to the other side? Especially the effects that, you know, it, it did, it did on, uh, you know, the, the children. Now my children are all yeah. grown now. They're yeah. all great and healthy, but you know, I, I still know that there was, there was, there was effects on them. Right. Uh, and still, and, and, you know, will be probably, they have to continue to uh, unfortunately deal with that, but you know, that, that breaks a part of you off. I think so. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I ask you this question. We're not, we're not going to stay here forever, but I know that there's a guy or a gal who's driving along listening to this episode right now, and they have a lot of demands at work. And they mm-hmm. feel like I'm giving work everything that I got, and I'm trying to do the best that I can for my boss. But every time I do that, it feels like I'm cheating my family. And mm-hmm. when I'm giving my family my best, it feels like I'm cheating my boss, and I, I can't mm-hmm. win here. And JD, JB, you speak around uh, at audiences like I do, mm-hmm. man, one of the most often asked questions, probably number two 
on the list of most often asked questions to me is Jeff, how do you, how do you do this? Like not just the military, but how do you just work and give your job everything you got and then still have something left over for, for the family? Cause I feel like I'm failing here. Um, mm -hmm. and how do you answer that question? Wonderful question. And, uh, and unfortunately, you know, I learned this from experience, Jeff, uh, and hardships and trials and tribulations, but you absolutely, if you're listening to this, you're driving along, you absolutely have to put your family first, you know, your job, your boss, you'll be there. It's what you do. It's not who you live with. Um, and you can still, and you can still give that a go. You can still be great yeah. for that organization, yep. but you absolutely have to put your family first. And if you're a leader and you're not requiring your people to put their family first, you're failing. Jeff, you know this. Remember this old badge of honor in the military, lose and leave. You remember That's that? Right. Yep. October would come around and, yep. oh, I got more than 90 days. I lost 15 That's days. Right. Remember yep. that? Yep. The old the old badge uh, of honor. Uh, of not spending yeah. time with your family was a badge of honor back it, in those days. Yep. Badge of honor. And, uh, you know, the military, I don't know if the same policy, but you can only keep like 90 days right. to leave, Jeff, yep. something like that. Yep. And if it was over, you lost That's it. right. They take it away from you. And people would, I remember a major in the Rangers gloating about it. Oh, that's crazy. Gloating about it. He's like, I lost 17 days. Oh, and I was like, I wanted to say, and I remember the Colonel looking at him like, yeah. you are so dumb. <laughs> yep. Like you, uh, the Colonel looked right at him right. and I'm like, oh my gosh, like here it goes. I'm, yeah. you know, the Colonel bit his lip. He probably grabbed him afterwards, but I'm like, you know, and if you're in a, and if you're in a, you know, private organization or something, and, and you're not taking that time for your family, you're failing. Yeah. Um, and you know, yeah, don't make, don't make them, don't make the mistake I did. Yeah. So I just want to repeat JB's words because I couldn't agree more. He's saying you must put your family first. And JB, I've talked to a number of military families on this mm -hmm. podcast, and I tell every one of them, man, I cannot say enough how much I, I respect. I have the greatest respect for military families because of the sacrifice mm -hmm. they make. And almost nobody knows just how hard it is to be married mm -hmm. to a warrior or to have a parent that's a warrior and all that you're going to have to give up as they defend freedom and as they, you know, keep your country safe. Like, Few people, you and I get it, but few people get a chance to to see firsthand mm -hmm. the the price that a family has to pay, and sometimes that price is too high, and they just can't do it. Yeah. Now, and and you know, there are some really you know positive things too about military families. They they you know they're they're able to move, yeah. they're able to meet new friends. Uh, you know, uh, my my kids got to you know grow up at West Point and they loved that like so it was there are some there are some very yeah. very pauses but there's but there's the strain there's the strain because you you know because you you're around so many high performers you know everybody in the military yeah. military is high performers and especially if yeah. you it's amazing and especially if you're in special operations you work at West Point you work at some of these key assignments uh -huh. now they're now they're uber high performers yeah, and hand selected for those, and you're and you're thrown into the mix. And I know that somebody's listening to you right now, and they're like, "Okay, JB, I don't get it because I feel like if I don't 
cheat my family to give my boss what they're expecting of me, that he's going to find somebody else. And eventually I'll lose that promotion or I'll eventually lose my job. How am I supposed to do this thing without losing my job? And I, I hope what people heard you say was don't let it become your identity. And what you do is important, but it doesn't need to define you. So could you just talk to that person that fear is the reason why they're given work. They're losing time away from their family that they don't have to lose because they're afraid somebody else at work is going to catch up or pass them if they don't. Exactly. And, you know, <laughs> um, and, and not to, not to speak religious here, but you, you know, that job's not their source, right? right? That job's yep. not their source. That's right. So God's their source. That job's not their source. But what happens is when you lean on that, um, and then you get in that fear. If you lose your job, you lose your job. Unfortunately, it happens. People lose, you know, all the um, time. Yep. Sometimes, all, 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 all the time. And it doesn't mean it's 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 fun. Uh, you know, my contract. I, I was an executive for the Florida Panthers. My contract didn't get renewed. Uh, maybe a little their fault. Maybe a little my fault. But that hurts, it is, right? It hurt. It hurt. It bothered me for two years. You know, but finally you have to, you have to move past that and you have to find, find other things that, that your talents can be, can be used for. And I think that's part of it. And if you're always worried about like, oh my gosh, like if I lose this position or if I lose this job, or I don't get this, then, then it's all out of balance. Yeah. And then when you, when you put yourself out of balance, you continue to put yourself out of balance. Yes, we need some stress. Right. We have to right. show up and do it right. and do work. Right. We do need some, we need stress and we need enjoyment. We need both, but you have to really find a way to put that in balance. Um, and, uh, it, it it's, there's days it's a tightrope. Yeah, it really is. Sure. Yeah. There are some days you feel like you're doing a great job and some days you feel like you're, you're messing it up. Right. I feel like you're messing it up and there's times you're going to have to stay up late and finish a project and that sort of thing. Uh, but, you also have to, you have to give that time to your family. You have to give that time to others. And then what you have to do, Jeff, and you know, this is, and we've learned this over, over our lives uh -huh. is you, you have to fill, fill yourself, your own ATM, right? You're an ATM. I can't help anybody else. If my emotional energy is gone, right? Um, you know, I have one-on-one -on -one clients. When a one-on-one -on -one client gets on zoom with me, you know, they want my emotional energy they to be They want high. your best. Yep. They want my best. And so I can't be like, so I have to do what I need to do to make myself a success. Yeah. And that's taking time for yourself, whether it's workout, prayer, you know, um, uh, you know, healthy eating, uh, mindfulness, that whole piece, you know, I have to continue to do because when I'm running and gunning, it's the same thing. You just continue to get drained and drained. And drink. Yeah. So, well, anybody who's watching this video right now on YouTube and looking at you, they can tell, okay, this guy's got a lot going for him. He's obviously fit. <laughs> he's, um, it's clear that he's had, he has an incredible, uh, leadership, uh, history. He's smart. He's got a lot going for him, but you said just a few moments ago, there's a point where you, things started to fall apart at home. And no matter how hard you tried, you couldn't keep it together. 
And I just, I think I want people to understand, like, look, man, when, when I knew you, you could have been the poster child for the United States Army, like the kind of guy that the Army puts out there as this is the person that everybody wants to achieve. And man, at work, it looks like everything is going great, but at home, it's not. So JB, we talked about this on the phone a little bit uh, a week or two mm-hmm. ago. Can, can you just, if you're, if you're comfortable with it, man, can you just get into the details on how things ended up with your first wife and 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 how it brought you to your knees, man. That's really what I want people to hear. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, um, you know, divorce is a is just a powerful thing. Yeah. And it was funny. Uh, my friend in Houston, uh, and I was talking to him about it, and you know, I was going about like my fault, and he was like, he was like, your fault, her fault, nobody's fault. He's like, and I was just like, wow, and because it's everybody's yeah. fault. But at the end of it, you just have to, yeah. And I was um you know, and I had some struggles there. And then, um, you know, I got here to Vegas and working for a, a, a great family, doing some great work. And, um, you know, it was funny, like I was, uh, you know, on my knees, didn't know what was next. And this guy calls me, he's like, Hey, I got some work for you, you know, come here. All right. And, yeah, and I packed up and I moved to Vegas and, but even there I was struggling through it. And I just remember like laying on the floor, you know, a giant, you know, starfish laying on the floor. Spread like, eagle on the is, floor, incapacitated. Spread eagle yep. uh, incapacitated. Like what is going on with me? Like, seriously, you know, you're a warrior, you're a leader, you know, you're a symbol of excellence. And man, you have just screwed this whole entire thing up. But, but you know, that, that line stuck in my mind, you know, the rest of your life is the best of your life. All right. So like, so like, you know, get up off the floor, uh, start, start moving forward one step at a time, as hard as it is. And, and, you know, put yourself together and it took, it took time. It does. It takes time. And, you know, now I'm in a, you know, now I'm in a, a I'm in a wonderful space, uh, you know, getting married, yeah. uh, b- beautiful family, um, uh, you know, merging, you know, right. my, my former, my former family with, with the new family. And uh, I think I told you, this is the best space I've been yeah. in in five yeah. years. So, and, but when you're, when you're, you're so tough. You're so driven. You've done it all. You know, you've chased Taliban up a mountain. Yep. You've jumped out of airplanes in combat. You know, you've been in, you've been in close quarter gunfights. Like, like I, I, I do that all day long Absolutely. because I'm going through yep. all these Absolutely. struggles. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, you know, because why you're trained for that, Jeff, yeah. we train for that's that, right. but you're not trained. You're not trained for heartbreak and loss and everything else. Uh, and, uh, you know, I might've, you know, I don't know if you want me to share the story, but when I was in Houston and I, and I, and I, and I, and I fell away from, I fell away from, you know, my Christian faith. Yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't doing anything heathenistic sure. or anything yeah. like that, but I just, you just, you know, I still believe in God, of course, and all that, but I wasn't doing it consistently. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I started listening to healthy podcasts. Um, I got rebaptized, All right. which, um, and then I made, I made reading, made reading scripture 
you know, 10 to, 10 to 15 minutes a day, just as part of my life, just, just healthy reading. Um, and then, you know, entered some mindfulness, took some yoga and, and again, and then you just slowly start building it back. Um, and I think that's what you have to do. And, you know, I really feel, uh, you know, that, uh, my, my spouse now is on that Christian path with me. So it, it it's not a fight. Like we do it together. Yeah. So what I want to do in just a second is describe how things have mm-hmm. gone full circle for you from that divorce where you were just a wreck on the floor to this amazing relationship, great family that you have right now. In fact, I want people to hear about your wife and where she's from and, and how things are going mm-hmm. for you. But I know there's a guy specifically a dude, a pretty tough guy who's sitting there mm-hmm. listening to this and saying, what kind of a guy is JB that he would be laying on the ground, spread eagle, just mm-hmm. incapacitated by the pain of a divorce. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to talk to that guy right now and tell him, I know some pretty mm-hmm. tough men. I've been around some of the world's toughest men. And JB, I would put mm-hmm. you in that category. So mm-hmm. anybody who's gone through what you've gone through knows just how bad divorce hurts. I mean, you don't mm-hmm. just lose a spouse, you lose a family, you lose uh, friends, but you also lose dreams for the future. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it can be worse than uh, a death of somebody, you know, close to you. That's how bad divorce hurts. And Jeff, it's the, it's the judging of, from others oh, yeah. that you feel Absolutely. that I felt. Yeah. That's the guilt that I took. The judging, like everybody's judging me. What a loser. Yeah. What a train wreck what this, that, that's what like, that's what like seared my soul because I was pretty much always a good dude. Right. Like, and it, but there's, you're the guy I, I that everybody looked lot, up to until this. Right? I don't think there's a lot of people that even, even if I was like tough on a soldier, I don't think, but I always looked out for people. I don't think there's people who'd be like, oh, he's a really, yeah, he's really he's a, a loser. Jerk. No, right? what you, what you see is what you get. So I was pretty much that, you know, Captain America type, type, type person, you know, I didn't smoke, didn't drink, you know, healthy kid, that sort of thing. And I think it's important. And, and, uh, you know, I, I told you, um, you know, my one friend from West Point, one of the coaches, they were here, yeah. you know, playing in a tournament and he texted me, he's like, Hey, you going to come see us. And, and, and he doesn't even know this. I made up, I made up some excuse. I can't go right. the whole thing, yeah. but, but I didn't want him to see me like that. Yeah. I didn't want him to see me a shadow of my former self. Right. So, you know, what do you do? You hide out, right? You hide out. <laughs> and and that's what happened. And, you know, I think once you become, um, you know, once you become real with your feelings yeah. and understanding, then you could, then you can just start, you can right. start building it back. Yeah. Yeah. So anybody who's, who's been through this, they know firsthand just how bad divorce hurts. But for those mm-hmm. that have not gone through it, that are sitting there, you know, throwing rocks or thinking, I, I got it all figured out. Uh, look, it can mm-hmm. happen to anybody. Marriage takes two and it can happen mm-hmm. to anybody at any time. And you don't even have to do anything wrong. The other, the other partner mm-hmm. in the relationship can just say, hey, I'm out. Um, and then mm-hmm. it's over with. And now, mm-hmm. JB, you're in a really deep hole. And I love mm-hmm. the fact that you're willing to describe for everybody, hey, I had everything in the world going for me, and this rocked me. And now I got this long, slow, hard climb out of this hole. 
And you mm-hmm. talked a little bit about friends being there for you, but describe a little bit more what it took to really climb out of that hole to the point that you were willing to go out with friends and no longer feel embarrassed or ashamed of what people would think about you. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I, you know, I'm always, um, I would recommend to somebody, you know, get some professional help, go see Absolutely. a counselor, that sort 100%. of thing. Yep. Lean, 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 lean on, lean on something that you can lean on. And for me, you know, it'd be, it, you know, I reaffirm my faith, uh, which helped and, um, you know, I'm not trying to make this like, oh, reaffirm your faith and you'll be, yeah, you, and you'll get all better because be it, uh, yeah, it'll all be roses. It's not that way. Like, so don't, don't take me like that way. Right. But, but you have to like slowly put yourself back together with your, you know, your health and fitness, your faith, your resilience, you know, some me- learning, some mental toughness, whether it's counseling, yeah. uh, meditation, yoga, um, Jim and it was funny. I would show up at this CrossFit place, Benny Vitivici, and the coach uh, Boris Saponi, great guy. Like he knew I was struggling, even though on the outside I didn't look like it. Outside I was put together. He knew. Yeah, he could probably I look in your eyes and see it, right? Mm-hmm. And when we were doing the warm ups, he would always say, "Hug yourself. Give yourself a big hug. Give yourself a <laughs> big right. hug." And I would hug myself, and I'd be like, "I'd always say, thank you, coach, like that. Thank you, coach." And he knew. Yeah. Like he knew, like, I just needed that from myself yeah. Yeah. that hug yourself and, you know, and, and you chip away at it, you chip away at it, you chip away at it, you chip away at it. And then, and then what do you do? You, 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 you find yourself, you know, a person, um, if you're fortunate enough, like I was find yourself a, a, a person that, you know, has belief in you, has trust in you, uh, brings this power to you. And, you know, you can, you can build you know, you can build a healthy relationship from there. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, it's, it's like, it's like, you know, crafting a sculpture, <laughs> you know, it's just a big giant piece of rock and you have to just chip, chip, yeah. chip, brush, brush, brush. That's a great, you know, you, you yeah. know, you, yeah, right. You can't take a sledgehammer to it. Right. It's not going to work. Yeah. So, and I, so I hope people are hearing you say when you're at this point and it hurts so bad that you are mm -hmm. literally not, uh, you know, metaphorically that you're laying on Mm -hmm. the floor and you don't know Mm -hmm. where you're going to get the energy to get up at this point, Mm -hmm. you really have two choices. You can stay there and you can stay there for Mm -hmm. a long, long time, or you can Mm -hmm. start chipping away at the rock. And I mean, just Mm -hmm. making very little gains, like get off the floor, and sit on the couch. All right, now get off of the couch and get yourself up and start doing something productive. Um, but mm-hmm. you really only have, and I hope the people, I hope everyone that's listening right now that's gone through or is going through that kind of pain hears you really only have two choices. You can stay there mm-hmm. or you can just start chipping away at the rock in really, really small ways, chipping away. And eventually, mm-hmm. maybe something beautiful comes out of that, right? Exactly. And the thing that I did strategically, Jeff, which was looking back like a home run for me is I didn't medicate myself anyway. Yeah. Didn't like, drink yourself no or alcohol, take pills to didn't make drink it all myself go away, right? or, you know, because you can go to the counselor and they'll give you an anxiety pill. Oh, yeah. You want some anxiety? And remember, and she asked me, she's like, do you want anxiety medicine? I'm like, no, like, no, I don't want any of that. I want to and work through I'm it, like, not just push the pause exact, button. I want to work through it. hundred percent. And you know, let's make a, let's make a healthy smoothie, you know, let's right. find our way through that. And you start, um, 
and you and you start you know you start that chipping away um and you know it's a it's a restart and here's the thing is that what a lot of people don't understand you know military and professional athletes are so similar because we generally do not do very well outside of our game yeah it's absolutely a, it, it we can do well but it's a very difficult transition. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think like the athletes today and military today are doing maybe better because we allow them to be themselves yeah. now in there. But when we were in there, you had to be this way, <laughs> not right. that way. Yep. Like what? If, as soon as you talked about like- survive. yep. Yeah, as soon as you talked about like, oh, maybe someday I'll be a chaplain. They're like, oh, you're not, you're not dedicated right. enough, Stuker. You're out of here. Go to the, you know- Right. So, and then same thing with athletes. I remember, I remember a two time Stanley cup champion, our captain, and he was sitting there and he was talking about, he had had like two years left and played and he had a great career, smart kid, went to college, Canadian kid, but went to college Uh in the U S the whole thing. And he was talking about like, he was talking about like, he's like, yeah, you know, when I retire, da da da, I want to open up a fishing business. My wife's going to have a restaurant. It was like, I was like, it was amazing what he was saying. Like he was planning for his life and the GM heard him. The GM's like, that guy's not dedicated. Oh man. I'm like, I'm like, what? He's not dedicated. He's a two times Stanley Cup champion. Yeah. Of course he's dedicated, right. but he's talking about his post life. But you see what happens is that all the young guys are like zip, zip, zip. Yep, that's right. Right. Cause they don't want to say anything because one person hears him like talking about life after sports, which is a great thing to do. Yeah, it's absolutely. healthy. It's healthy. And same thing if somebody's working for you in your business and they're talking about like things they want to do after, you shouldn't bring any negative right. shade on that. Yeah. You should be like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. You you want to do that? Like, let's, I'll help you. That's what it should be like. Yeah, it's beautiful to have a second half of life after you hang up the uniform or hang up the skates. Right. And you've got plans for the right. future. And the guys sure. that, that uh, you know, criticize you for having a, a plan for a second half of life, I think those people are just insane. All right. Well, they can't do anything else, Jeff. Yeah. Jeff, they can't do anything else. Yeah. Okay. And they fake it. They fake it. They fake it. They make people look at them like they're so smart and, you know, you got to be a football guy, or you got to be a hockey uh-huh. guy, or you got to be a military guy. Yeah, okay, whatever. You're fake. So, <laughs> well, so I want people to know. I don't want us to stay here. I want people to hear okay. how you got up and you started chipping away at the rock and digging yourself out of that hole of divorce, and then something really beautiful. I mean, really, really beautiful came about of it uh, as a result of it. So let's talk about your 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 wife, your family. Um, let's talk about uh, sure. where things are with you now. Yeah. So met a beautiful woman and, you know, we just continued, you know, putting our relationship together and it took time. It takes time like anything else and um, able to, you know, put our life together, you know, live in one home uh-huh. uh, and, and, you know, uh, reaffirm our Christian faith together and then just continue to, to rise and, uh, you know, I'm fortunate to, you know, mentor, um, you know, a, a young teen now, uh, in our, in our home. Right. And, uh, and, you know, I'm actually, you know, I wanted to be that, you know, history and English teacher. I'm actually doing history and English now at, at a high school level. Yeah. yeah. So it's pretty, pretty amazing doing that. Um, and it, and it just takes time. And I've learned a lot on, you know, how to continue positive communication. 
because that's the key because you're exactly right it takes two you have to communicate you have to talk about the good you have to talk about uh -huh. the bad and you have to um you know and what we really try to do is every single day in the morning and at night you know put our faith first place and do it even if it's quick you know even if it's quick like How sometimes do do people that? think like what does that look like for you and your wife you and your family um in well uh we we uh, our evening meals we have together so we we pray at that all right so we definitely we, we, you know it's um uh you know it's that I don't know if you heard this, but it's the old Jewish and I'm Italian, obviously, but there's it's old Jewish analogy is like, pray, eat, father tells a story, right? That's <laughs> right. like, yeah, that's like the Jewish family analogy, and it's been right? Working for so, thousands of years. Yeah. It's, it's been working pretty damn well. Right. Yep. Um, and so, and so we do that, right? We, 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 we pray, we eat. I tell a story. Tell a story. Yeah. <laughs> so, I tell the story. And the good thing is, is I have 30 years you of all these old stories, stories that, to tell. Yep. Old stories of these old stories to tell. So it's like so funny. I told one today about, uh, uh, you know, when we used to go to that, you know, jungle operations yep. training course in Panama. Like Totally remember but, it. You know, so you tell all these funny stories and, but, but you bring that together. And in the mornings, uh, it's, it's two or three minutes, you know, right in front of the slider, you know, given, given, you know, being thankful and at nighttime, yeah. two or three minutes being thankful. Set the day off right. And then remember, uh, you know, the, the blessings yeah. at the, in the end of the day. Sure. And I just think it's, and, and I think sometimes people like they get, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, I have to do it. So structured and everything else. No, you don't just take a minute and put it together and just <laughs> like, be yourself, right? Just be natural. hundred percent be yourself, be natural. Um, and it's, you know, a lot of my friends, I, I go to some, some dinner parties and we went to one the other night and my friend, um, Patricia, she was like, looked over at me and, and there were people of all faiths there. She yeah. was like, would you like to get the blessing? I was like, absolutely. Yeah. And everybody put their hands out and, all right. you know, just off the top of my head, I gave a, you know, 15 second blessing. So, but, um, and I think those are just, that just brings some positivity in life and continues to be positive. And you know what I really like about like, um, like having, um, you know, a, 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 a wonderful like teen in the house now, um, they are so non-judgmental than like yeah. we were growing right. up. Yeah. Right. They were like, and <laughs> because, you know, everybody since 2007 was born with a phone in their hand. Right. Right. <laughs> So, you know, 2007, they had a phone yeah. um, and the world's flat to them. Right. Right, Jeff. So the world's flat. So, you know, when we, you know, when I went to basic training, you know, my drill instructor was yelling at me, you're going to fight Russians. You're going to fight Chinese. And I'm like, I don't even know any, Ru yep. I don't even know any Russians or Chinese. What are you talking right. about? But, you know, that was kind of it, but the world's more, more flat. Yeah. So I think they see things more openly, which which I appreciate. And, you know, it's, it, it, it helps us too. So I think we can continue to, you know, learn and grow and rise and grind and learn humility, help others. And at the end of the day that, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. And, I'm, and, and again, I'm in a good space. It took me a long time to get here. Um, but I'll tell people this, the rest of your life is the best That's of your right. life. Yeah, it's so worth never, it. Never forget that. If you'll just keep chipping away, mm -hmm. it is worth Chip all the hard work it. to get there, right? 
hundred percent. One thing I know about you that the listeners may not know is not only do you have a beautiful mm-hmm. wife, but she's also mm-hmm. uh, from Ukraine. And, she is, yes. And I know there are people listening right now just because the world is watching Russia and the Ukraine. And JB, I get these questions all the time. So because of your military background, your time in special operations, mm-hmm. and because you have mm-hmm. a Ukrainian wife, um, I'd mm-hmm. love for you to just answer maybe one or two questions that I know somebody's sure. wanting to know. Like, hey, mm-hmm. how is this thing in the Ukraine going to end? What do you think? This is your opinion, JB. So just you can shoot from the hip here. Mm-hmm. How do you think this thing winds up? Well, uh, so I'll uh, start the story by saying I was able to visit uh, her hometown in Odessa last year before the start. Before the Obviously, Russians no rolled in the door, right? Before the Russians. So last summer, went to Odessa and it was one of the, first off, it reminded me of Pittsburgh, yeah. except it's on a sea. Uh, it's a absolutely wonderful yeah. um, vintage European town. And Jeff, did you know that Odessa was like a, a huge place for the Jewish to escape the Nazis yeah, in World I remember. War II. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so like huge Jewish population there because people, uh, Odessa took them right, in, yeah. took, took, took them in. So, I mean, it was a beautiful town staying with her parents in little guest house. Like obviously her father, you know, knows everybody yeah, in the town. Yeah. It was just a wonderful, beautiful experience. The nicest people going, and now there's a war. <laughs> and uh, and you could see you know, on the nightly uh, news just how brutal this war is. Oh, and and you know, good for the you know, good for the Ukrainians I, stepping up. I there. agree completely. You know, yep. s- stepping up. You know, getting um, you know uh, Zelensky. Zelensky's the modern day Churchill, I think. You know, stepping up there, doing, giving it back to them. You know, uh, I, I think Putin, this is my personal opinion. I think Putin all along was, you know, he was basically a KGB thug. That's what he was. And, you know, he just, he, he got a little shortcut to excellence, Uh you know, everybody do your history. And now he's a billionaire KGB thug. (laughs) So who just happens to um, be running a, a, you know, a major world power. Yeah. But, you know, I would imagine that the, you know, Eastern part of Russia is still probably very aligned to him. They look at him as, you know, just as this, as this King, but because the world is flat, um, you know, that's obviously hurting the recruiting numbers. You know, people don't want to fight. They're like, what am I doing? Like, I know people in Ukraine. I I know. I I mean, there's probably a lot of Russians that went to Ukraine, went to the black sea, had a vacation. Now they're like, I got to come fight these people. Yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense to them. Uh, so, you know, um, I don't want to say we should have a peace deal, but that's probably the easiest way out yeah. right now because you just don't know what, um, what he's up to. Probably the current administration wants regime change, but uh-huh. you know, like anything, yeah. Regime change is a hard business. And it's messy. Usually it's, very it's messy. It's messy. It's very blunt. Exactly. Very it's messy. It's hard to do. It's easy to kill the enemy. Yeah. Okay. It's it's hard to establish new leadership. Okay. Didn't work in Iraq. Um, you know, Af- Afghanistan there, you get what you get. Uh so so it's 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 very difficult. I you know, if I was calling the shots right now. 
I'd probably try to find some some peace deal, push him out. They've taken some losses. They've taken their lumps. Yeah. He, you know, he, he's got to, you know, he's got to at least have Putin's got to show some face like he right. has some type That's of victory. Right. Yeah. Who cares? Let him let him have let him have a propaganda victory um, because, you know, if, if, if you don't do regime change and he does get replaced internally, you might get a worse guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Right. That's right. You might get somebody worse. So, well, um, I, I feel I'm, uh, I feel so sad for the Ukrainian so people yeah. for seeing them. Yeah. I feel so sad for the Ukrainian people and what's happening. Um, and you know, I, I hope that we continue to assist them at, um, you know, smashing their forces, especially that Wagner group, uh-huh. you know, that Wagner group are their, those Chechnyans, those are their killers. Yeah. So that's a group, that's a group we have to smash. So hopefully we're somehow doing that. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people are trying to figure out what Putin does next. I've been asked this question hundreds of times and my answer is no one on the world. I don't even think in mm. the Russian government can predict what Putin does next, but I also no. think there's a, a lot of people worldwide that want to know, will this thing spill over and affect me? And I don't mean just the price of natural gas or oil. I mean, like, is it going to make my life miserable? Can it somehow spill over to Europe or Asia or North America or Africa? Can it, can it, is it going to go turn global? How would you answer those people? Well, let's hope it doesn't. So let's say he uses a tactical nuke. Okay. Let's say he uses a tactical nuke. Uh, which is horrible, then what? What's our response? Right. It's going to be nothing. We can't respond. But he he can drive us to the peace table right there. And he can say, I'm taking Ukraine, and that's the way it's going to be. Um, so, you know, there are some, you, you know, when 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 Russia fell in, help me the year here, 93 maybe? What was that year? Uh, when, uh, the, when the Berlin Wall fell? When the December Berlin Wall 91. went down? 91, 91. Thank you. I was a few years off there. Um you know, there were some peace accords that said, yeah. you know, NATO, NATO won't expand, right. that sort of thing. And, and NATO kind of did expand. <laughs> and they did. Um, yep. Yeah. NATO kind of did. So, so, you know, Putin can say, well, you said that back then, now you're kind of changing it, that sort of thing. Um, and then I think when he did take Crimea, uh, then he was like, you know what, maybe I can get yeah, away with this. Maybe Ukraine I can thing. just flex my you know, muscles really a little shut more. him down. We didn't. Yeah, maybe we can just take it back a little more. It was, it, you know, it was obviously Russia uh, to begin with. Um, you know, I think under, um, you know, I think when you know Trump was the president, you know, who's a bit crazy. I think Putin was maybe a little bit worried about him. He's a little bit of a wild card, right? Right. So uh, I just think now, um, you know, that Democratic playbook, I think for him is a little bit easier yeah. to read, right? Right. He didn't know the playbook under Trump because I don't think anybody did. So, yeah, um, that sort of thing. Uh, so uh, I think what we have to get to, um, and I mean, unless you're going to commit, unless you're going to commit U.S. forces, do you really want to do that? Right. So, yeah. And I don't know anybody who really wants to do that. I mean, would it happen? Could it happen? Perhaps. But does anybody want it to happen? No. We just had 20 years of yeah. war, Jeff. Yeah. Like, seriously, like we're dealing with all the effects of, we're dealing with all the effects of that. You know, you're dealing with it. I'm dealing with it. Yep. And all the, you know, all, all the, all, all the wounded, wounded veterans, the gold star families, right. everything out. We had 20 years of war. So. Nobody's rushing to get into another one. Nobody is in a hurry to get into the next one. Yeah. 
Exactly. Hey, JB, I want to wrap this. Uh, I got a couple of uh, okay. last minute questions sure. for you. I want to wrap this up in just a moment by giving you a chance to talk about the leadership consulting you do and warrior leadership. And because you're a guy that really does have life experience and military experience, and you've been led by some of the greatest leaders on the planet, and you have had sure. the chance to lead some of the greatest guys and gals on the planet. Um, so let's talk yeah. about JBS leadership consulting. Sure. So, you know, when I retired out of the military, Jeff, um, 2010, um, I hung my guns up. I never went back to it. And there were people actually in the military. My friends were like, wait, you're going to do leadership consulting full time. What are you crazy? You're not going to make any yeah. money at that. La, la, la. Like, I'm like, oh, well, thanks for being so yeah, positive for, for your me. encouragement. Um, Thanks for your encouragement. And I didn't want to go back and, and be a gun bunny. I didn't want to do contracting. And 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 listen, if you're a guy that went and, and does that, my good friend, Paul Johnson, you know, Paul, yeah. legend, like Paul Johnson's done that and done really well for himself. And great. If that's something you want to do, it's not what I wanted to right. do. I didn't want to go back to that life. And I just chipped away at it and became a uh, professional you know, leadership coach, leadership speaker, consultant for leadership, resilience, mental toughness. And what I did find was, you know, we're spoiled in the military oh, because are. Jeff, you know, every time we get promoted, we go to a leadership yep. school. We go to this school and we're like, what the hell are we doing at this school? And then our son, we're like, wow, that was pretty good. Yeah. And, and we go to all these schools or every rank we get yeah. promoted. And then I was fortunate to work at West Point for almost a decade. Oh, and every time there was yeah. a class, I went to yeah. it. I, so I learned, I learned even, I learned even more. And actually it was a, um, it was a, uh, it was a professional hockey, um, general manager said to me, he's like, Hey, you know, you're, you're, you're pretty good at this. And I was like, pretty good at what? He's like this leadership thing. He goes, I watch all these guys look at you. They don't pay attention. They don't pay attention to anything. This is Glenn Sather, who's yeah. a hockey hall of famer. He's like, he's like, these guys don't pay attention to anything. And they were like listening, hanging on every word. And I'm like, all right, wow. And so, it, you know, kind of started and that's how it goes. And, you know, unfortunately I have one-on-one -on -one clients, but uh, businesses, professional sports teams. Uh, and so I do that consulting and also help people with like strategic yeah. initiatives. And right. what I found is I'm, uh, especially that Jeff, that, um, that mid-level manager uh -huh. that's trying to get to SVP. Yeah. That's kind of been my sweet spot, helping that young man or young woman. That's like, yeah, make there's a guy there. Move, right. I want to make that move. Yeah. What can I do? And, and you know, the, the, the modern day college really doesn't teach that, you know, they teach academics, which is great, yeah. but really don't teach, you know, how to implement others, you know, lead others. Yeah. And it's two things. It's IQ and EQ, yep. emotional quotient. Right. And you have to have that. And I think the military teaches you emotional yeah. quotient yeah. because we deal with such a melting pot of people, right? You, you know, from just all walks of life. And you learn, you learn things about others. And then from that, I wrote a book, Warrior Leadership. Um, there's no, you know, there's no war stories in there. So if you're looking for a war story, that's not it. But it talks about my military yeah. experiences. A lot of times, a lot of times I I messed up. A lot of stories about the Rangers. Uh -huh. It's kind of fun. Uh, but it after each chapter, there's three takeaways that you can you can highlight and that sort of thing. I'm getting great feedback on it, so it's been out uh, for a couple of years now. So it's a very easy read for folks. For so if you're a if you're a leader, a manager, a coach, 
you want to help yourself on success, it's great to grab this book. It's a two-hour read. You can read it on a plane flight. You're ready to go. And warrior leadership is not written to the military. So if somebody's hearing you right now and they want to pick up a copy, where do they get it? Oh, they can get it right on Amazon or my website. Okay. Yeah, so Warrior Leadership by J.B. Spiso. My website is uh, jbsleaders.com. You can follow me on Instagram at, at J.B. Spiso. And if you're driving, we'll put all of those links to his book and to his website in our notes for this episode. Hey, one thing that I like to do with the guests this season is just so people get to know the kind of guy that you are and get to know you a little bit better. Um, one quick fun fact question for you. So hypothetical, let's say that you got a free day. I was asking guests if they had an hour, but let's imagine you got a day, JB, no work, no responsibilities at home. You can go anywhere you want. You can do anything you want. You've got a full day to just do whatever you want to do. What would you spend the day doing? Where would you go? Uh, well, uh, taking my new bride and going to Italy for the day. All right. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Spending the day, spending the day in Italy, uh, seeing the sights, uh, eat, drink. I haven't got Italy yet. So, so place I want to go. And, uh, but, uh, hand in hand, hand in hand with, uh, my beautiful oh, bride. That's awesome. And you just can't go to Italy without experiencing culture and history, right? It's everywhere around you. And maybe even a cup of coffee and, or two. And, and shopping. Yeah. So, <laughs> Hey, man. um, First, thanks for being on the show. But secondly, as I said earlier in this episode, you uh, were the kind of leader that I aspired to be and you still are. So thank you for the way that you're leading guys like me and other leaders. Jeff, thank you, because you are a shining example. You've helped so many uh, young men and women across your career. You're still doing it now. I love your faith. I love what you're doing. Um, And I appreciate you. Uh, as much, if not more, than your kind words to me. So thank you so much, and God bless you, and keep it going. And and if I get to Fort Benning, I'll look you up. Sounds great. And if I come out to Vegas, I'll do the same, man. Hey, there it is. JB is so encouraging. He's so inspiring. And I took away a couple of things from what he said today. I want to make sure I don't make the mistake of putting so much of myself into my work that I lose my family in the process. I hope that you were challenged by something that JB said today also, but I can't help but think there's somebody right now going through at this moment what JB was going through a few years ago when his life just crumbled in around him because of this divorce. And I wanna say to you one more time what you heard JB say. If you're laying on the ground and you're incapacitated by the pain and you don't even know what if you have what it takes to get up at this point, you've got two choices. You can stay there and you can be beaten by your circumstances or you can get up and be unbeatable and start chipping away and digging yourself out of that hole and start to work a little bit every day at making uh, getting back on your feet again. That's the difference with somebody who's unbeatable. Hey, if you found this podcast for the first time and you really like what you hear, why don't you go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform? Or you can also follow us on social media. You can go to pretty much any social media site and just type in at Unbeatable Podcast. I want you to also know that we provided a free resource. It's for people that are going through what JB just described. 
and you're struggling and you need some help, you need some motivation. It's called the Unbeatable Army Survival Guide. And I'll give it to you totally free. All you got to do to get it, this free PDF download, is just simply go to unbeatablearmy.com. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening to my buddy, JB Spizo. I hope you have a great week. We'll see you right back here next time.